0: What's up, everybody? Hell of Ass back with another episode. This is a really cool interview with uh, Brad Whitaker and his wife, Sarah, from Witty Outdoors. They do custom resin crankbaits. Uh, if you're into shallow cranking, uh, square bills, custom cranks, things like that, you're definitely going to want to take a listen and uh, hear about their journey and the baits they make. So uh, at the end, we talk about uh, Hell of Ass 10 as a discount for 10% off uh, their crankbaits. That's good. So I was going to mention that up in the front of the... Episode as well, so uh, enjoy and listen.
1: You ready? Showtime on May third.
0: Summer starts with the Fall Guy.
1: We do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah.
0: Let's give it a minute to see if uh, anybody rolls in. All right. There might have been an ever so slight echo. I'm not sure, like a delayed one, but we'll see. Need
1: to go with the headphones.
0: All right, we got a couple people rolling in. What's up, PB Dad? How's the How's the audio? Somebody, go ahead and uh, Brad, just say something. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having us on tonight, Rich. Yeah, both sound good. Sounds good. All right, so here we are tonight. We're with uh, Brad and Sarah uh, Whitaker from Witty Outdoors. Uh, they do custom crankbaits, which we're going to dig into a little bit, and we'll get into that. But let's just kind of talk more general, uh, kind of a little background about how you got into fishing, just high level. Uh, and then as more people get in, then we'll dig into the crankbaits a little bit more. Yeah. Uh Fishing, I mean, I started as a kid, uh,
2: always out fishing, a lot of pan fishing and stuff as a kid. And then probably as I got to maybe 11 years old or so, started doing more bass fishing and everything, kind of fell in love with it a lot more and mm-hmm. bass fishing, it seems like ever since. Uh started fishing a few tournaments when I was like 18, 19 years old. And uh, just kind of kept growing with it, fishing uh, team tournaments and everything all along. And uh, I fished a few BFLs, not too many, uh, kind of here and there. Um, mm-hmm. But mainly do a lot of team tournament fishing. And, uh, back when Sarah and I got married, I got her into bass fishing and uh, yeah. got her in the fishing team tournaments with us, even. So. Yeah, I thought fishing was like you
1: know from a bank you read a book like wait for the you know bobber or whatever and uh yeah he he saw me like,
2: like that is fishing i was like but that's not really the fishing i do i was like right there's a spectrum of fishing and there's this and then yes. there's this over here so. <laughs> yeah she's she's yeah. seeing the full
0: spectrum of it now yeah awesome well yeah uh great see you rolling in hi everybody so you're in Ohio, right? What part of Ohio? Yes, sir. Um, kind of southwestern Ohio. We're right in between Cincinnati and Dayton. Okay. So what, what kind of, what are like the home waters or where do you guys, like where are you fishing? Uh, most of our. Fish- when I think of Ohio, if you fall in love with bass fishing in Ohio, you really love bass fishing because the mm-hmm. fishing in a lot of Ohio, especially on tournaments, is not great. We're not very smart. We're,
2: uh, grind it out. I mean, you gotta love the tough fishing. Um, we fish a lot down in the Ohio river. If that's Mm -hmm. something, um, actually Bassmaster did the, uh, the look back there of the classic that Nixon won there. That's the pool we fish. We fish out of Tanner's Creek, which is, uh, I think about 15 miles farther down the river from Cincinnati. So I fished that pool a lot. I actually uh, saw some areas that were very, very similar
0: still from 82 even. I was like, wow. wow. But, nice. Yeah, I mean, about, you know. about the closest thing that I fished to that is the Illinois River in Peoria, which I don't know how similar they are, but I imagine they're both tough, and I would imagine there's some similar similarities. So, Yeah, I mean, a lot of
2: our spring tournaments on the Ohio River, you're looking at like maybe 13 pounds, and then when you get into summertime, it can go down to eight pounds for team tournaments,
0: not just like BFL You know, that's higher oh, yeah. level team tournaments, even like four and three quarter pound limits. And
2: <laughs> I have weighed in four and a half pound limits on the Ohio River. I think actually, me and a buddy of mine have cashed before on a four and a half pound limit in a team tournament. It gets it gets yeah. tough some
0: years. That's uh. One thing up here in Minnesota, with most of the people that I fish against and that I fish around here are very spoiled, right? Like tournaments around here, if you don't catch a limit and if you're not culling most of the day, you're probably getting your teeth kicked in. Like we had, uh, so I fish a lot of Bass Nation stuff, and we would do the Northern Divisional. So it would go like Ohio, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, South Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, right? So. of a gamut of fisheries and everybody would kind of take their turns and when people would come to minnesota they'd be like oh my god this is the best fishing like we'd have like 108 guys in a tournament and 106 of them would have three days of limits like nice i mean like just just wrecking them and then on the flip side i've gone to some of those places like indiana in late august early September. And I think I weighed seven fish in three days and made it to the Bassmaster Nation Championship. Made it, on, you know, moved on from Minnesota and finished in the top five in the tournament, weighing seven fish in three days. So, yeah. uh, and actually, this, it was a little weird. We just had our state tournament for Bass Nation, and I think I only weighed eight fish in two days, and I took second. And I think a lot of that I attribute to like guys up here aren't used to grinders. I've fished enough yeah. down the south and fished these regional tournaments to know what it is to be in a grinder. Probably not the level you guys do, but uh, enough that I am mentally prepared when it's happening to know that I'm fishing for just a few bites a day, and that's okay. Yeah, you you know. Yeah, there's plenty of time in
2: Ohio. You know, especially like I said, fishing the higher river a lot. You know, get into those summertime. You get past May and start into June and July, and especially after that. You know you're working hard to get five keepers a lot of times
0: right uh so have you always been a a crankbait guy or has that always been your thing or like what what kind of like what's what what's your kind of your passion when it comes to or what are you good at when you're fishing or what do what do you like to do like i'd say just straight power fishing to be honest with you
2: Throw a spinner bait, a crank bait, and you know Texas rig, Some flipping around, pitching, and you know buzz bait, some type of top water. Um, mm-hmm. Fishing the areas we do, we don't get into a lot of the whopper plopper very much. Uh, just gonna fish a lot of laydowns and stuff like that. Um, so really, a buzz bait takes care of a lot of my top water stuff. Or uh, throw even like a um, like a waking crank bait, one that just barely dives under the surface. And then, uh, yeah, a lot of square bills and a lot of uh, spinner baits thrown in the lay down cover, lay down logs, and everything like that. So, kind of always been a power fisherman. I don't know if got the rod, unless it's desperate need or um somewhere outside of this region of Ohio.
0: Sure. What's well, uh like? What? Why did you start a tackle company? Because like most people say. The best way to make a small fortune in fishing is to start with a bigger fortune. So yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what what led you down the path of uh custom crankbaits? So like what how did it happen? And then we'll get into like what the you know
2: what they are yeah. and what they do. That is all Sarah's fault right here is <laughs> what it was. We was uh, fishing down on the Ohio River and we pulled out a, put out a, a brand new shallow running crankbait on her rod for her. She makes one cast with it hits a rock, breaks the bill off. Reels it in. It's like, oh, well, okay, we'll put another one on And Three months later, I, I looked at her and I said, do you remember whenever you broke that one crankbait down on the Ohio river? She goes, no. I said, well, it kind of hasn't stopped running through my mind. I was like, I think we should start a crankbait business. Hmm. I was like, I think we can make something better, something different that other people don't have out there right now. And, uh, I was like, I haven't stopped thinking about it since you broke it that day three months.
1: <laughs> My fault. <That's> crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good mistake or a good uh, accident.
0: So that got you thinking about crankbaits. But then why did that like like how did that become the crankbaits that you or what, what uh, you know, kind of more explain the process? Like, so that's sure you had a broken bill. And a. I mean, we've all broke bills on crankbaits. So, yeah. Like, let's take it a step farther. Like I have made them before. Um,
2: my neighbor growing up as a kid, uh, back through my teenage years, uh, I would go bass fishing with my neighbor a lot and he made some handmade wooden crankbaits. And so he kind of taught me some of the process and everything. So I kind of knew some of the, how things work and everything, you know, the tricks kind of making them and stuff to look for. And so I wasn't really starting out from scratch. Um, I've always made my own spinner baits, buzz baits, and a a lot of my own jigs, even. So I'm kind of used to the do it yourself thing. And, um, you know, I've used a lot of other handmade balsa baits in the past and kind of know what the the good parts are of them, but also kind of what the downfalls are of them. And uh, I just figured, you know, if we're going to do this, I want to make something a little bit different than what's out there and try to make something better than what I think is out there right now. Sure. um, Yeah, that kind of led us down the path and a lot of uh a lot of testing out of different materials because I didn't want to go the Balsa route. Right. Um, Just because you know, there's so many other people out there making them with Balsa. I wanted to see if I could find something a little bit outside of
0: the box. um, Balsa crankbaits, right? Like you got you know, like Zoom WECs, you've got Black labels. I mean like custom Balsa baits have been around for years all the way back to, I mean basically the Bagley's right, that's kind of like probably the most popular ones that were kind of widely accepted Um, and obviously some of their shortcomings is they're not super durable, right Uh, inconsistencies right, like that's kind of the the beauty and the drawback of a Balsa is that, you know uh, they don't all run the same which is good because when you get one that really catches fish, really <laughs> catches fish. some of them, like, uh, like some of, them, like, I know the reaction innovations method crank. I don't know if you ever
2: were, were uh, I've heard, yeah, I haven't ever used that one, but
0: I know I saw you talk by, about yeah. great crankbait, but they had issues where, like, you'd have to buy, you know, basically half the ones you buy, you could just throw in the trash, like, they just yeah. out and wouldn't run and wouldn't track, no matter how much you tuned them, right? So, uh, so you went a different route. Why don't you kind of tell us, you know, what, what, how your baits are constructed or how you went down that path and why?
2: I went down the path because I was looking, again, for something a little bit different than what was out there. I wanted to find something that was going to be stronger than balsa, That was kind of a big thing. But I wanted something that was still as lightweight because that's where you get that extra action and everything that, you know, balsa is known for. It's, it's great for that. And I kept playing around with different materials and different materials. And uh, I kind of had a couple other ideas. Like I wanted a weight transfer system inside of the bait. After I was finally happy with the material that we started using, I started thinking about, you know, what was the key things I wanted in that bait now? Um, Unlike a lot of the other balsa makers, they make them, you know, the full plug all at one time. We've actually got to make ours half of the time. Uh, because we do have that weight transfer system in there. And we also run a through-wire construction that runs from the nose of the bait down to the belly hook and then out to the tail. So that's all one piece of wire that runs throughout the entire bait. Which is nice when you hook a big one, for sure. Like that's You hook a big one, you hang on to something on the bottom. I mean, you know, we fish the Ohio River and a couple other rivers. You never know what kind of stuff you're going to get hung on to. The other day, I hung on to like a shirt, you know, and you can't knock that thing off of it. I, I took my big fiberglass pole and pried the thing up and got my bait out of it. So, but yeah, it's not going to pull out. You're not going to lose a hook hanger. I mean, at the very worst, if you ever do catastrophically
0: break the bait in half, you're still bringing back
2: whatever is on it.
0: Right. So yeah, you could crack the the body off, but your hooks and your harness will still be coming. To They're drop. all still hooked together. Exactly. So, like, yeah, you could hook a bridge piling, <laughs> but she's going to break your line or whatever. Yeah. You
1: know, yeah. but, but, yeah.
0: uh, Sarah never hooked
2: a bridge piling, but she's hit quite a well, few. Whenever we was doing all the durability testing, it was uh, I saw her send one right into a bridge piling with a spinning rod. I was like, you know, probably could have slowed that down right before it hit it, but she reeled it in That it looked great. I was like, hey, all right. <laughs> They're
0: definitely
1: durable. I've tested rocks, bridges. yeah. yeah.
0: I know you so Sarah uh, leads R and D, right? And yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Right. yeah, when we was testing the durability stuff, that was uh, that was Sarah's lead on that one. It was funny. Um actually what came about the video we put up on our uh, Facebook and Instagram about hitting the bait with a softball bat. Right. That came about talking to Bill Lowen at one of the shows here this winter. And I was telling him, he goes, well, how did you figure out, you know, what material you was going to use and everything like that? I was like, honestly, I said, we was hitting some of the blocks of material with a bat to see if it would hold up or not.
1: There was a lot of trial, you know, stuff. And, um, you know, he's, he's very particular. Like he said, like he's fished forever. He knows what he wants. Um, we know what the best parts of certain lures are. And so that's what we were looking for. And that's, you know, we kind of took a bunch of, the really awesome things about different baits and put them all in one and made a super bait.
2: Yeah. When I was actually designing the bait, you know, we got a few other uh, very popular balsam makers right here in our area, uh, guys that I've used their baits for a long time. And then also I pulled out kind of some of the standard square bill baits, you know, the 1.5 baits and stuff like that and kind of had them all laid out on the table and just started kind of brainstorming, you know, what I wanted out of each one of those to put in the one bait that I wanted to start making. The more we right. want to start with.
0: So basically it's a custom blend. We're gonna try yeah. to pull up this video. I'm gonna get crazy. I'm gonna try to pull up this video of All right. oh, I didn't really wanna. So there it is, like <laughs> you cracking. So you had it on a free spool so it would, like just fly. Yeah, we put it on span rod. Uh, actually both okay, idea.
2: Um yeah, he's a mouse Uh Bill lowen that's on there. But uh yeah, Bill lowen gave me that idea when I was telling him about how we was testing out some of the materials as I was talking about. Because it. It you know, you need to get out on the boat, put the bait on a rod, hit it with a bat out into the water, and then reel it in. So we finally had a nice day and was able to kind of shoot that video we've been waiting to do since uh like
0: January. All right. And so the next one, the trick is you're going to need to catch a fish. That would be awesome if I could do that. I know
2: a few places it might be possible, but I don't know, that's asking a lot too. So
1: (laughs) we are in
0: Ohio. Yeah. So you need to come up to like Minnesota or go up to like uh, Champlain or somewhere where it's a little more like shooting fish in the barrel. And then uh, Sycamore Outdoors is impressed with your left-handed swing. So... I mean, did you did you play ball in the day or what? What's what's you I still
2: play softball. I still play a couple. of
0: okay. softball a um, couple nights a week normally.
2: I am the oddball. I bat left-handed. Do everything else right-handed.
0: Okay. So,
1: <laughs> talent this talent goes way beyond making lures
0: <laughs> So it's a custom custom resin. So probably not way different than like maybe some of the like. Uh, custom glide baits and maybe like some of the resins, like somebody like tater hog would use. I mean, obviously you have your own blend and, and you have your own buoyancy, but probably some of those high end swim baits, you're probably doing something. I'm not, you're not obviously going to give me the secrets of your, but it's uh, something along those lines that some of these high end swim bait makers and you're putting in a square bowl. Is that a-, a lot of it? A lot of it's like a polyurethane type material. Sure. That is. We just call
2: it a composite. I mean, I don't know right. all the specific specifics on that material, but, um yeah it's a hundred percent waterproof the material is um so if you ever do you know crack that clear coat or whatever the bait's not going to take on water um mm-hmm. difference versus your wood baits you always got to keep your clear uh, clear fingernail polish handy and you know patch up those precious wooden baits anytime you put a little nick or whatever
0: but it still has a knocker in it like, still yeah not a completely solid bait. It's not like there is still chambers in it.
2: There is a chamber in there. There's two chambers in there. Yeah, we did that for the weight
0: transfer. We haven't even shown a bait yet, but uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but like I've got a couple of them. Uh, one's in a package and one's on actually in my rod. Um. So what? I guess obviously you settled in. What, what I think you told like you want to recreate the float and the. The, the buoyancy and the bounce back of balsa with this. I mean, like, how did that process go? And do you feel like you achieved that? Or what was the, well, what were you really aiming to do with the, the first
2: design? The material was the same density as a balsa wood. So that's where, okay. where the buoyancy and everything comes from is the materials' uh, density. Uh, just like balsa wood is a really light, not very dense wood, this material is kind of the same thing. Uh, it's a very light, but yet it, with it being, the type of composite that it is, it's also considered a closed cell, so it doesn't absorb any water into those voids or whatever it is that material.
0: So, so basically, when you were doing your mad scientist resin development, <laughs> you know, you if you had two two ounces of you know or two two cubic inches of balsa, your two cubic inches of resin, and that was kind of your target to get weighs
2: very uh, much the same, yeah, it's right there in that
0: whole part. It makes sense. I mean, it's super simple, but it makes a ton of sense now that you explain it that way that like, yeah, that's how you're getting getting the same reaction and the same buoyancy that you would get out of balsa wood. Yeah. I looked up what the, what the density is of balsa
2: wood per cubic foot. You can find that information out online, the different densities and everything. And then kind of started my material search, looking around with everything I could find that gave me that same information.
0: Yeah, that's uh. That's interesting so and obviously you could just take away a chunk of balsa right and then yep. compare so um so you feel like the action like so i guess was, so there's is there anything to the chambers inside other than the sound or do they do they act in casting or like yeah they help in
2: casting um i made one a lot longer That way it lets the the tungsten weight we put inside of there. We use tungsten for the weighting of it. That way you can get that nice, very dense, you know, just like we all use tungsten sinkers for that that nice Mm -hmm. weighting capacity. Well, I did the same thing inside of the bait was I I used the tungsten weight in there. That way it keeps the size small. I can keep the chamber fairly small. And then uh, with that chamber in there, it allows that weight to roll from the belly back to the tail of it whenever you're casting so it helps transfer that weight, kind of helps from the helicoptering issues and stuff that you get with a lot of crankbaits when you don't have the weighting in there. And then also uh, the one chamber gives it that one knocker rattle, too, at the same time.
0: Yeah, it's subtle. It's got a nice thud. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not loud, but it's got a nice… Uh, yeah,
2: it's not the loud tick that you're used to with the, the plastic injection molded, you know, hard plastic. Crankbaits that you typically get, um, you know, mass-produced crankbaits out of the store. Uh, just with that material in there, it it kind of gives it, like you said, it's more of a thud than it is a, a tick. And unique need to not, you know, just what well, we're yeah, not.
1: They're not used to hearing it either, so they're kind of curious and like, uh, let
0: me check. That's 100% right. When you're when you're fishing, you know, highly pressured waters like you guys are, right? Like if everybody's throwing a KVD 1.5 or everybody's throwing whatever. Just having that slightly different uh, frequency is a, it's a way to, to get bites. So, there's a couple questions. Uh, Sycamore Outdoors wants to know how long was the search process? And, like, so when you just decided to start developing this bait to when you created your first bait, how long was that Holy process? Gosh.
2: Probably eight months to a year.
0: That's not bad, honestly. That's, I mean, it's a long time, but that's not 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 crazy for lure development, yeah. I don't think. Especially for your first one, right? I mean, you've tinkered, but, like, to really do your first own, that seems really – I mean, if you can get that in a year, that's that's cool. Um, and then when you've come out with a couple other variations, did it go faster for the next round? Or? Um, um, yes and no. I've actually
2: got one of the – I've got a couple of the flat sides right here even. The flat sides, I've even got a couple of my uh, first prototypes of it. And then mm-hmm. – the Bait here too. So, on our flat sided bait, it is the same profile as the the round bait. So, this shape right here around the outside of the body is the same. Right. Is my first revision of it there was completely flat. The problem was when I made this first revision, I broke a couple of them and I was kind of aggravated about that. I, I broke it just smacking it on the wall. So, right, just like I like, made a clearer like,
0: yeah, in the leaves. You're like,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you got to test stuff out, see how strong it is. I know when you do that to other of bait, you break them too, but I'm like, you know, I'm right. again, wanted to do something a little bit different. So, the finish design ends up being a little bit more tapered. It's a little bit thicker there in the belly, but yet a little bit skinnier in the back. the same profile. But just the actual shape of it, there shape of that body
0: is a. So, was the trick there? You're just getting a little better connection point on the lip. You're giving yourself a little more material where the lip a little comes more in. meat. Yeah. Yep, yeah. a little more meat in there,
2: and then with that one, I went through a lot of different uh, bill angle changes, bill shape changes. I probably tried. At least ten different bill shapes that I made, and different lengths, and then different angles of each one of those bills before I finally sell them in on something I was happy with.
0: Yeah, but. yeah, Gabe, you haven't, missed, you haven't missed. We haven't even talked about where they're made and where they're sold yet. <laughs> so we're getting there. You haven't missed it yet. Um, somebody wanted to know: Do you have any example of like the wire harness or one that's split apart to see that? Um, I don't have a wire harness. Oh, wait. No, I don't have a wire harness
2: here in the room with me. But right there is essentially the kind of the inside of the bait. There,
0: come a little closer. There, there you, you know go. You can see
2: it there, but so there you can see the two chambers.
0: Yep. Okay. Yep.
2: Uh, and then, like I said, we kind of start with a half there and put the the wire harness inside and the weights inside and glue them together and let that sit for a day or so and then uh, trim all the excess glue and everything up and prime them and start the painting process.
0: And so we'll, we'll kind of go down this path, right? So these are, these are all handmade by you guys, right? In yep. your garage, home basement. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in the USA handmade in the USA. So, yep. um, and I, I think it might surprise people because I know your clear coat takes a while, yeah. Obviously, you're doing it in batches, but when you start from the pouring of the that the half blanks right in your molds to a finished bait that you can sell, how many days is that? Um,
2: it is about probably about a month or so. Um, and it's not
1: actually not pouring these <laughs> in the mold either.
2: Right? We're we're cutting all these. So, oh, you're cutting them like a CNC type thing. Okay. Yeah, we got to get them in big blocks of material, and you know we end up cutting it all the way down to the to the final
0: shape. So, okay, so you start with a block of resin, and then you're cutting them on a CNC type table or something, something of that similar. nature.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like that. Uh,
0: and then uh, so then then that begins the process of laminating them together with the harness, um, and then you got to trim them. Uh, And then there's probably a priming step, yep. Painting, and then you have a really long clear coat. Was it sit for a week or something? So it really about two weeks, two weeks for the clear coat. So like, yeah, that's what this says.
2: It says it takes two weeks to fully cure. So I typically dip them and let them hang for about a week, and then clean up the excess clear coat around the eyes and everything, and then let them hang the the next week too before I get a chance to. uh, Because after they're clear coated, then we go ahead and cut the bill slot in. And poxy the Bills
0: in. So I haven't got the fish in a ton. So I can't say that I fished it a ton, but there's the spring craw. But it still looks darn near brand new. Like, I don't even see any hook rash on it. And I probably fished it three different times. The one time was in the winter, like, literally just dragging it through the rocks. And the last time out, I actually caught some fish on it. And, like, so, so far, I mean, it looks really good. Like, how – I mean, typically, I, that's got to hold up better than just about any clear coat or paint job out there. I mean, what's your experience or what do people say that obviously there's people that have used these a lot more than I have and you have um, like what, what does that two week cure time get you compared to like the average crank bait people are buying? Uh, honestly, I'm not sure it's just kind of the recommendations for the material for
2: the clear coat that we use. Um, so I just kind of let it hang for two weeks and let it fully cure. And a lot of times I'll even let it, you know, kind of air out for another week after
0: that, even. Um, I mean, do you, do you, like, you, you've got some baits, obviously you've had for a long time that you've kind of like, what is the shape of those? Do you have any like game worn ones you can show them that have got um, like dozens of fish? Uh, like, Yeah,
2: actually, I don't remember if I grabbed that one or not.
0: I got, let me see here. Oh, I didn't grab yours
2: from the boat, Sarah. I do have one that has been through about everything for two years straight. And unfortunately, I re-cleared it again, and I wished I never would have re-cleared it again. And only to keep showing how much wear one bait can take. Right, uh, one of my first ones, and the paint job really isn't all that good. I've used this one quite a bit, and you start getting a little bit of hook rash there underneath. You know, it's got a couple of little nicks and stuff right in there. Um, but yeah, this was kind of one of the first ones that I really made. Um, I didn't end up, this one has a little steeper bill angle and uh, it's yeah. kind of got me to making the minus uh, the minus one version that we have out now that we just came out with here over the winter um, was to kind of get something that would give me the same action as that one. Um, but yeah, that one has some, a little bit of hook ration and stuff in it. I mean, it will start showing some. Um, the good thing is with the material, you don't have to worry about patching it right, right away just because it's not going to soak in anything. Um, you have to
1: patch it at all if you didn't
0: want. Yeah, because yeah, it is—it's white underneath, right? So, like, when you wear it through, you're going to get yeah. white, right? So, especially on a shad bait, you're not really going to even know like when
2: you start to wear. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we make a black one too, and I primer those in black. Um, and then uh, the chartreuse colors are
0: primed with a chartreuse now. Because I—I don't know, like, so I'm a little bit torn because, like, sometimes like baits when they start to wear that's how I know they're good ones, right? Like yeah, that, I've thrown it a lot. I've caught a lot of fish. You got like, that's kind of how I know a good bait. So it'll be interesting to see, to use these more. Uh, I mean, that, the durability is great, obviously. And that's awesome. So, and you, do you hand paint all these, you airbrush them? What's yeah. that process? Yeah. I airbrush all of them. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. you're you get you feel like. Yeah. I mean,
1: what's that? Help with the wires. <laughs> yeah,
2: Sarah's job is to bend all the wires and everything in them. Um, we made up. She, she hand she hand bends the harnesses. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She does all the harnesses that go inside of the baits. She also so helps somebody- us on the bills. Whenever we're uh, putting all the bills in the bait, when we epoxy them in, we'll sit down and both of us go through and put about fifty baits,
0: fifty bills on the baits at once. Mm-hmm. Throw throw on some Netflix and and do bills and
1: (laughs) (laughs) Netflix and bills.
0: Yep, (laughs) that's kind of like Netflix and chill, but a little different.
1: Yeah, Yeah. a (laughs) little bit different.
0: Yeah. Brian Waterman wants to know how many baits do you make a month? Um, just kind of depends. Um, we're still
2: right now. To be honest with you, you. what's your range? Like, what's typical? Like, I try to get about forty or so a month done right now um yeah. but like i said we're still pretty new to this um just you know a lot of people haven't found us just yet so we don't have a whole lot of uh big orders or something like that coming in so i don't have to try to get out there and knock out three four hundred baits in a month but i do think that's probably possible
0: okay so i guess <laughs> so, over that how long i guess when did you start selling the original witty like when you, your first one like when did that become Available online at Woody Outdoors or wherever you
2: Yeah, we, we licensed the business in April of 2018. Okay. So, you know, so you're basically... our third year. We're two years, two years in.
0: Yep. Okay, cool. We're going on year three right now. So, Do you only sell them through your website or do you have any dealers? Do you, is there anywhere else people can buy them or... Uh, we sell them mainly through our website, but we do have a couple
2: of uh shops around here that have them. Um, we have Fishman's Headquarters in Dayton, Ohio, um, he carries them, and then also getting jiggy with it over close to uh Summit Lake in Indiana, uh, he carries them there too. Uh, that's kind of got in. We're pulling working up, on getting okay. into
0: some more places, pulling up the website here. So, we're not you can't get them at Tackle Warehouse just yet. Um, uh, So you basically got three models, right? You have your original Witty, which is kind of a pretty close to 1.5 as far as like size and depth. It's a little smaller, but I mean like for people's reference. Um, And then you've got your flat size, which is basically the same silhouette, right? Um, Yep, same shape. And then then you have the Witty minus one. Is that a different body or is that the same body with a different... Still all the same body right now. Uh, The minus one is the same
2: body as the Witty. It's just a, a different bill angle and a different bill. Uh, about a way it only dives about a foot to maybe eighteen inches deep. Let's look at the. Uh, not the
0: we're list. working on a few more. We need to see colors. Yeah, there are the details. So, and then we'll so, so so down down. You do nine colors. Uh, we have more now. I think we're up to twelve. Because I say I have a bluegill, so yeah. yeah. All right, so there's all of them. You guys can kind of pull that up and I guess it'll kind of scroll through there. We can just kind of let that scroll through while we uh, chat here.
2: So, yeah, the one I don't have up there just yet, and I'm working on fully redesigning the website and putting an actual online store and everything, uh, storefront on there. Uh, but I don't have the hot crawl on the, uh, on the Witty there, but you can see that paint job on the Witty flat six. But it's kind
0: of an orange and red pattern. Okay, so it's like a, is it like a fire, like a, like a, a Rayburn red? Is that kind of like the hot craw or is it a little different? So is that,
2: that kind um, of? actually, it's just like our, we had the red craw go across the screen there and it's the same colors and everything except for with the belly of it orange and a little bit of orange fading up the sides. Okay, cool. So it's kind of that brighter, brighter kind, kind of. of a favorite.
0: Spring, springtime favorite.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lava crawl. I've seen kind of some other paint jobs that are close to it that's been
0: that name. Yeah. So uh, Brian Waterman wants to ask what kind of hooks they come with. And I think I know, but I'll go ahead and let you tell.
2: (laughs) Yeah. We use the, uh, the Mustad KVD triple grips. Um, I've liked them hooks for a long time. I've replaced plenty of base years with those hooks and I've always been very
0: happy with them. Yeah. I think for square bills, like, I think that's like very popular, right? I mean, so it does have the, KBD Mustad EWG hooks, which I think you can't go wrong with those. Um, there's the bluegill color. people can see it in kind of a 3D. This is a this is one that I I definitely had to have uh, for for Minnesota because we do, you know, we have a ton of bluegill. We don't have a lot of shad here, and I just thought that looked great, and I thought that would be legit up here. Um, yeah, we right, use a four and a six. Yeah, I I so, Brad slid into my DMs over the winter, I think. Actually, probably it was like back in October. Uh, And uh, he offered me one. I was like, well, I can't pick this one. So I'm going to buy one. <laughs> so I got a bluegill and a, and a, and a spring crawl. Yeah. So is that the hot crawl you were talking about? Yeah, that's the
2: hot crawl. It's not showing up too well there,
1: but yeah, I
0: found myself wanting to buy at that time. And I didn't because it was like going into winter and I was like, I'm not, I mean, like I wanted to like have half of them in multiples. <laughs> like, so I wanted, like a dozen, but I restrained myself for the time being. I was like, I should probably fish these before I just order like a dozen of them.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so I do lunkers and lures. I do get that black and blue does look juicy. Uh, Brian Waterman has know how much, like what is the length and what do they weigh? Yeah. The length is right at two and
2: an eighth inches. And then the weight is um, right at three eighths of an ounce.
0: I'm gonna put all
2: the hardware and everything on them, so it's about the same.
0: a KVD, and I'll hold them up because I think most people know what a KVD 2.5 looks like. Yeah, a 1.5 or KVD 1.5, I guess, um, just so people can kind of see what that. Uh, I gotta get my. Spin them here. So that's, they're pretty similar. Like I would say, you're just
1: Just a touch shorter,
0: a little bit wider, especially in the head. Yep. Um, Similar bill angles, a little bit wider bill. You've definitely got the circuit board, right? I think that's a circuit board, right? Yeah. Uh, Lip. And then you got a little bit. Wider, so I think that's going to help the bait kick a little more off stuff. Um, it, um, it helps, helps with the direction. Um, that's what I was saying. Sure. Deflection. You're, gonna, you're gonna be able to roll around things a little better, uh, yeah. with that kind of more wide, in my opinion. So,
2: Sarah, Sarah kind of didn't like it whenever I was doing the first round of testing because you know, I fished for a long time, I've thrown crankbaits, I know how to kind of work crankbaits through lay downs and everything, right? Whenever I got with kind of the uh, what was close to the final design of it. I put it on Sarah's rod, and uh, as we was down in the Ohio River, she started throwing it in all kinds of laydowns and everything, and she didn't really know how to work a crankbait through the laydowns yet, so she just kind of whined mm-hmm. up and it kept coming through.
1: I was the guinea
2: pig. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got yelled at for that about three months later when I told a buddy. She's like, he was using me as a guinea pig this time. I was like, yeah. I was like, I can't trust some of my buddies that kind of know the tricks of getting a crankbait through stuff, so I said, what a better guinea pig? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that's awesome so i would say like i'm I, I know what you're talking about i've definitely i would not say i'm a square bell shallow cranking expert but i've done a little bit of it um and i found it come through stuff really well like i haven't hung it, i don't think a single time so um i've been impressed so far uh, for those people watching make sure you guys are hitting that like button and if you got buddies make sure to share because like there's some good juice being shared here so uh, make sure you guys uh hit that like button if you can um, so Lunkers and Lures asked a pretty pertinent question here. How much do they sell for? Uh, we sell them for $22, $22 a piece for
2: the uh, for the Witty and the Witty minus one, and then it's twenty two fifty for the uh, Witty flat six.
0: So that's, I mean, like that sounds expensive, like when you're like yeah. if you're used to buying uh, uh, Strike King square bills and uh, right, like you know, crankbaits at Walmart and places like that, but. If you really think about you're really, your market is really more custom balsa, right? Like yeah. you should be compared against PH, Black Label, uh, all these guys that do. I mean, these are all hand assembled, hand painted, hand clear coated. Yeah. Like you said, it takes a month from beginning to start. So these are a labor of love. These are not mass produced baits by any means.
2: I mean, per bait, when we broke it down, I think it's close to about an hour and 15 minutes, hour and a half individual bait to get one made so
0: yeah it just it just takes a lot of time a lot of time involved chad edding says there's an order going in tonight so all right awesome <laughs> 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 yeah we uh,
1: even hand-tuned
2: every one of them uh we got a little pond out back luckily so uh you know whenever i get a batch of them done go back to the pond and make sure everyone of them running straight before we uh, package them up and get ready to sell.
0: So not tank-tested, but pond-tested.
2: Pond-tested,
0: yep. <laughs> Which you do learn a lot more, like, on a cast than you can in, like, a three-foot tank. Like, a lot of things will pull straight and look really good. When you only, you only right. <laughs> yeah, awesome. when you only have three-foot line-out.
1: Right. Yeah, when you only have three-foot
2: line-out, they all run pretty daggone straight. When you make a cast, you can – definitely tell if they're they're tuned straight or not are there any fish in this pond tons of bluegill i need to get rid of more of them okay. Uh, okay i actually ran into an issue this winter where i couldn't test my flat side bait because i kept hitting too many of the bluegill in the pond and i couldn't huh. tell if it was actually not running right or if it was just hitting bluegill, and couldn't get uh squared back away nice that's awesome <laughs> The problem so, is we're all too little.
0: Right. we are all little bitty ones. So they're not quite big enough to choke a square bill quite yet.
2: No, they're not.
0: <laughs> I've got it. So, uh, uh, so obviously, do you throw what, – what are your – I mean, obviously, you probably throw other crankbaits besides your own, I'm guessing, because you uh, – but, like, yeah, where do you feel – yeah, where do you feel, like, your three baits, like, can you kind of tell us where you feel their sweet spot is, where you think they excel, maybe like where their limitations are? Like, just give us kind of the run through. Like, I mean, you know them as better than anybody. So, what, what? The...
2: I mean, the one that we started with is the regular Woody, which is that square bill crank bait. Um, mm-hmm. It's good with anything down to about four feet is about the max depth that they'll reach with twelve uh, pound fluorocarbon. Um, mm-hmm. I'll throw them. When we fish the Ohio River, I'll even throw them on the Ohio River, but I'll bump up my line size uh, to, you know, 17, even 20-pound mono uh, to keep the bait from diving, uh, just because a lot of times when we're fishing the Ohio River, we're fishing two foot of water and less. Um, so I don't want that bait digging around in kind of the all of the silted in areas that we fish in the Ohio River. And then I'll take that same bait, and, I mean, I'll throw it in one of our smaller uh, – Rivers around here a lot, um, you know, grinding gravel bars and stuff like that for smallmouth down in that three and a half, four foot range. Um, it's great around weeds. Um, it comes through those really well. It has a hard thump and vibration to it. Um, uh-huh. A little bit more aggressive than what your uh, a lot of other crankbaits out there around that same size are. Um, so really, that the square bill witty is good. Really, in any kind of cover, I want to try to fish down to about four feet deep. That's kind of this limitation. Uh-huh. And then uh, the witty minus one, you know, that's when you're wanting to, to wake over the top of those shallow flats. You know, your, your weed uh, weed beds and everything where that submerged vegetation is and you don't want it getting down into it. There's like, a lot of high river fishing really shallow laydowns. downs. Uh, maybe the fish might not eat a buzz bait um, that uh-huh. day. Will smoke a weight bait. Um, ran into that numerous times. Um, had a day on the local river here. Where we got a lot of smallmouth, and we fish in our jet drive. Where uh, we uh, started catching some with a weight bait. My uh, my buddy wanted to throw a Walker plopper, and I put about five fish in the boat before he he couldn't even get a bite on that Walker plopper. So he's like, "Hey, you got another one of those? I know you've been working on that one." So. <laughs> I gave him another minus one, uh, our witty minus one, and we just absolutely hammered a small amount that day fishing around weed lines and stuff like that. And those fish are yeah. just coming up and smoking it. And then I could imagine
0: up here the minus one being like where we would use a minus one, right? Would be like one uh, over shallow wing dams for smallies on the Mississippi River. Yeah. And then over the tops of uh, grass beds that you can't quite get, like, a, sh- a lipless over because it's, like, so yep. close to being chopped out. Like, yep. I've done really well on, like, minus ones up on, like, uh, like the Gull Lake and Muhammadu and some of those places. And just burning uh, that one minus or minus one over the top of grass. Kind of like same thing you do with the lipless crankbait, but where you just – it's too shallow. There's not enough gas in yep. that. Yep.
2: I've had a, had a couple of really good days on the higher river last year. When I was testing our minus one, um, we had a little big bass tournament actually here in the this section of the Ohio river. And, uh, I caught one of the big bass of the hours on that minus one and, uh, you know, about a three pounder on the Ohio river, which was a pretty good. One. And, uh, took that out. And
0: so. river systems and reservoirs in the fall, September, October, them fish will get so fricking shallow You'd swear their backs are out of the water, and a crankbait like that is exactly what you need when they won't hit a topwater, but you know they're up there pushing bait. That's the kind of bait that is ideal, I think. On our area of the higher river, they're always there. Um, yeah, like
2: <laughs> I, I don't get more than about two foot deep very often. So if nice. my is not blowing mud, I'm,
0: I'm time to become shallower. Nice. And so then, and your newest one is flat, right? That's the newest bait.
2: Yeah, the flat side we came out with this winter, too. I've been working on that one. That was over a year in the makings to get that one right. I just, uh, couldn't get the bill angle, couldn't get the bill shape right. and The weighting in it has to be just perfect. Uh, just There's a lot less material there to float, and I wanted that one to have enough weight to still be able to cast it good. And that flat side of the bait weighs the same as our, uh, our regular wood crankbait, even though it has a lot less material there. Uh, But it was just kind of fine tuning on that one. That one's great. You know, it's about six, seven foot deep. Uh, So, you know, anytime you're wanting to get down fishing those gravel bars or something like that, down into that seven foot of water, um, it works for that. Um, It's really good. You know, early season, everyone likes to throw a flat sided bait. Um, You're throwing, you know, a lot of the Rapala DT6s or something like that. It fits right in that range. Um, I don't think you're going to knock the bill off of them as much as uh, you might those other ones.
0: So a lot of people think flat sides are only for cold water, but I think they excel in cold water and then the hottest water. I think they're both really good at. Yeah, I love
2: fishing them here. Again, on a little local river we have, uh, when our smallmouth get down into that five, six foot of water and some of the little bit deeper gravel bars and the eddy breaks and stuff like that and those eddies. And uh, I'll throw that flat side down there, uh, just that I can get down to the depth that they're hanging at.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice. I definitely feel like I need some of those because I love throwing a DT-6 and it would be nice to show them something a little bit different uh, at the same time. I think that would be uh, a mission to see because the DT-6 is an amazing grass crankbait. So I'd love to to see how yours does uh, in the grass. I haven't got to test them in the grass very much. We don't have much of
2: it around here. So I yeah. haven't um, found them a little bit and fished them through a little bit, but
0: it really hasn't been very much. So Sycamore Dars wants to know, did you go with the deep thud because of the stained river water? He actually prefers that. Is that, was that like a, a tar- were you trying to do that? Or was that just something like a happy uh, circumstance of the design? I wanted a one knocker and the material was what made it that deep thud.
2: I'm really happy with it because I could make it louder if I wanted to, but it would be more work to kind of get it there. But uh, I really kind of, it's a little bit of noise, but it isn't a ton of extra noise. Um, so. I kind of like that in-between
0: sound there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what is the is the ball like a, a lead or a steel or what is that?
2: Um, it's tungsten.
0: It's tungsten. Okay. Yep. So another reason why this bait may, may cost twenty two dollars, you have high quality, nope. uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, like the materials. So yeah, I mean, like you're you're putting uh, high dollar must-add hooks, right? You've got a tungsten ball. You're using premium material. You've got a circuit board lip. It's custom painted, um, you know, solid O-ring on the front of it. Have you ever thought about uh, oval O-rings, or what are your thoughts on oval versus round? You probably get asked that. I don't know. I can't find good oval ones in bulk yet. Okay.
2: Um, I really want to try some of the teardrop-shaped ones too because I've used those in the past. Um, but I haven't been able to find them in bulk yet. The decoy
0: egg snaps or whatever. What's that? Like the decoy egg snaps, those kind of. Uh, yeah. Yeah, VMC yeah, uh, makes
2: some. They're like a teardrop shape.
0: I just ordered some from.
2: Uh, from the <laughs> I think owner
0: makes some also. Yeah, these are much bigger than you'd use on yours, but like that shape.
1: Oh
2: no! I'm actually thinking um, oh, okay. they make some that are like an actual teardrop shape. Um, it's an actual split ring still, but it, instead of the oval, it's kind of a teardrop. Yeah. Shape. Yeah. So All right. Okay. The bigger, yeah. Okay. Bigger right. bend at the bottom. Not a Got it. That makes sense. And then when your line tie is, it's a little bit, you know, a little bit tighter there, so your line would always stay in that same. Same position, but with the larger oval at the bottom, it kind of gives you that same advantage of a big, big split ring. It Gives that bait
0: freedom of movement at that connection. So you kind of get, kind of get like a clip action with the oval split ring. Yeah, okay. something similar. Them. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, do you do your baits have the oval or the teardrop? Mine do not. Not yet. Okay. So I mean, like, so you your use the rounds? I still use the
2: rounds. Yeah, okay. I haven't changed anything on mine. I I, uh, I get some of the scraps where I messed up the paint and uh, I'll go and I'll, uh, I'll keep them for myself. Ones that I don't feel good painting so or trying to sell to someone else. So.
0: Any of the mistakes
2: are the ones that I get to keep.
0: <laughs> uh, Lunkers and Lures, give us three of your colors you think work the best on the Ohio River. Um. Let's You fish all the time on the Ohio, right? So what's, what's your yeah? I've got or? a couple of them. Well, I've got one here. I've got two, I
2: guess.
0: If I can get them out. So I don't know if you're not seeing anybody else's, or okay, got the, So that's kind of like your take on sexy shad, right? Yep. Yeah, we
2: call that one Sarah Shad. So that one was named for her. Figured out was fitting, you know. That one's always that's my good.
1: Favorite, not just because it has my name in it, but like that's my favorite. I love, I love. She has one of these that is almost
2: worn out. It has worn all the paint off around here. It's got dents, dings, and everything else in it. That's the one I wished I never would clear coated again and just kept using it. Nice. Show people how much damage they can actually take and still work fine. Yeah. Um, another good one on the Ohio River. Right after the spawn and going into the spawn, kind of right now this time frame, uh, bluegill color is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, oh, I got one right here. Since the Ohio River is known for muddy water, I mean chartreuse and black. Right, can't go wrong with that. Sure, can't go wrong with that. It's got an extra hook hanging there. I didn't even notice that one, but there you Yeah, the chartreuse and black's always a good option. Any type of Dirty Water River, I'm, I mean, you know, the higher river, a lot of times, you're looking at less than a foot of visibility. So, until so you get into summertime, that chartreuse and black's really good.
0: Right. Nice. So, do you get any requests for these without hooks? Because people like to put their own hooks on them or anything like that? or? Um, I haven't yet, no.
2: Everyone's always uh, – people do have their own preference. They've just bought them, I guess, and
0: switched them out without telling me. Uh. So I've, I've kind of always wondered. I know it's kind of a niche market, so I can understand it why maybe like somebody like Strike King or like Pratko doesn't do it. But I think there's a lot of guys that buy baits and they automatically switch to their favorite hook, whether it be Gami round beds or uh, whatever, right? Like they all have their favorites. So um, could be an idea for like if you wanted to offer it at a price point, if you knew people were, you know, I wouldn't throw away Mustang triple grips, but if people are, it's like. It could be a way to, you know, maybe, uh, you know, make it more affordable if you know they're going to do that, or maybe there's an option or, I mean, obviously it would save you labor of attaching hooks, but yeah. So just, a I haven't thought about it yet, to be honest with you. So Might be oh, maybe, new later on. Yeah. Uh, are there any, uh, so you got any other, uh, plans for new shapes, new, new, new baits, new bodies,
2: yeah, I would like to make something um, in our round body, something similar, a little bit bigger and a little bit deeper diving. Um, kind of something like that. I would like to do, kind of been thinking about making a popper, even. I'm not sure if I want to go down that road yet or not. Um, kind of want to try it just to try it, but uh, I don't know where it's going to go yet. And, and I would like to make a, a bigger version of our witty something closer to that 2.5 range but a little bit smaller right. and I'll probably down the body a little bit on that one too just because that would be a, a pretty fat crankbait if you uh scaled it up to that 2.5 size and very buoyant <laughs> very <laughs> it would take a lot of tungsten <laughs> nice <laughs> have to get creative on the waiting
0: for sure um are you working on any new colors or like uh, you get you, you have any requests for anything unique or, I mean, obviously you pretty much cover most of the standard stuff. Is there any like special I requests? i tried to start work? with the staples.
2: Um, actually. Yeah. I got one right here from one of my buddies that uh one that he wanted painted. I didn't even have a chance to cut it off my rod before I uh, came in here today, but you would like that rod too, by the way, because it's a, uh, one of the Dobbins, but, Kind of a nice. green pumpkin with a chartreuse tail a little bit of brown on the belly nice but i'm probably going to try to work with something like that and make a new crawl pattern from it
1: um so
0: because because of your like heavy clear corp is there is you don't really have a could you sell unpainted blanks to people that wanted to custom paint their own or would that not let you work with your process <sighs> since I put the bills in last, I really wouldn't want to. And sure. I don't
2: sell them without tuning them either. Um, sure. I had a guy down at the East Tennessee show um, asking me about that. And so far, I don't think I want to go down that route yet. Um, <laughs> get to, you know, in a year or two for now, who knows? All right. Yeah,
0: someone's uh, right there about uh, baby witty coming here in, uh here in August. I was saving that question. I was hearing that you were working on a new, special baby witty
2: um Sarah can show up and show the progress on that model right now but uh yeah she's we're
1: working on making. we're doing with our
2: first in August
0: <laughs> yeah that's awesome congratulations that uh that definitely changes things so but it's, uh, it's cool my kids have been running around out in the yard doing all kinds of crazy things they're uh nine <laughs> and twelve so um so I guess let's talk about that like uh I've not thrown this a ton, but so far I've found that my Dobbins 704 crankbait rod is what I feel works really good for the the original Whitty. Uh, and I think I've been throwing on like 12 or 15-pound tests for what I've done so far. Um, what, what are you – like what's What's your setup for your rods, or what do you like to do, or what, what do you think is the best fit?
1: Um, Obviously, actually, more. I kind
0: of agree
2: with the Dobbins deal right now. Um, <laughs> that's – what I was uh, had this rod on here today. Uh, I think this, this one. Was not, this was not planned,
0: by the way. Yeah, no, it really was not. Now this one's the six eighty four crank mate. so it's the six foot eight. I love I've that. Got that rod. I got that rod. I like that more for like shad wraps and like some of the smaller flat sides, like the Ema Shaker. Some of those light. I feel like that's really good with those light baits. I mean, it would work fine, but I just that's what I use that rod more for. Is uh, but I can see it would be good there. I
2: like it because I do a lot of really short cast target fishing when I'm doing it. Um, you know, down the Ohio river, when I use that, I keep that rod set up in my stratus for fishing the Ohio river all the time. Um, I got it rigged up with, uh, I think that one's got 14 pound fluorocarbon on it right now. Just again, for the Ohio river, I don't need to get it down to maximum depth. I'd rather keep it up higher. Um, and then whenever I switch and I'm fishing more of the, um, fishing more of the gravel flats where I want to get deeper. I switched to a seven foot rod, Um, kind of a a medium, medium, heavy seven foot rod with 12 pound fluorocarbon on it.
0: So what, what gear ratios do you like for your, your shallow cranking? I like six, three. Um, I have a hard
2: time slowing down. So whenever I try to fish with the seven, three and faster reels, I just can't slow myself down enough. So,
0: that's kind of my problem. I'd say that's what most of my crank rods are in that six range for sure. So, I mean, a lot of people yeah. I know like for square bills, they think, you know, speed kills and they really like to burn it. So, obviously, that kind of depends on where you fish and how you like to fish them. You definitely could bump up to that seven if that's that's your deal and that's what the fish like where you, you live. So, if you're fishing in front of the
2: boat, the seven is great. If you're making casts more perpendicular, coming down laydowns and stuff or sticking straight out the bank, I have an issue slowing down enough with it. So I kind of think the six-to-one six ratios is kind of my sweet spot. So you're saying that more from a co perspective, back of the boat, or? Uh, it just kind of depends upon how you fish. Um, you know, I still fish a lot fairly perpendicular to the boat, just for the way a lot of laydowns and stuff position. Um, but if you're kind of burning down more of the riprap banks and you're casting straight in front of you and paralleling, uh, then the sevens work pretty good, I think. But if I'm trying to throw perpendicular to the boat with a seven to one, I can't slow myself down enough. I end up <laughs> reeling it probably a little bit too quick.
0: I would say that like these the, the little bit I have thrown this one, I do feel like you do need to get a decent pace with it because it is so buoyant. Yeah. Like if you try to crawl this, it's not going to get any depth at all. Like it's, which yeah. you, you could almost use this as a wake bait. It's so buoyant. Um, you can, it's kind of tough. Uh, I've tried before. Um <laughs> It has to go too small, but like you can't really like you can't really like crawl. You got to kind of get those couple cranks in to get it. You got to get a little
2: bit of. Yeah, whenever you try to get it to max depth, you kind of want to crank it a few times pretty quick, and then you can slow down a little bit and it'll kind of stay there. Um, I do that when I'm fishing river smallmouth for it or fishing riprap when I'm trying to get down there that three and a half four foot for the most of the cast. A few quick cranks, you know, four or five cranks,
0: pretty quick will help get it down deeper.
2: And then you kind of keep it there.
0: Kyle wants to know uh, what did he miss. So you missed a ton. You're definitely gonna have to watch the replay. We covered a lot of good ground. So, do um, you have any good stories of like I don't know, cool things, catches, co angler stories, out fishing guys in the back or the front, or just like neat things you've seen with your baits, or just anything I guess just that comes to mind. Um. Man.
2: Um, I've had a lot of guys telling me that they're, you know, they have been liking them a lot. Um, get a lot of pictures sent to me, um, you know, with the baits just absolutely choked down. Um, not a ton just yet. Probably the best was that day with the, with the weight bait when my buddy and I was out in our jet drive and, uh, we caught a couple fish waking a spinnerbait first, and then uh, I switched over to that prototype minus one that I was working on, and he switched to a whopper plopper, and I put five fish in the boat before he couldn't even get a bite on it. So we switched over, and he switched to the minus one also that day, and we had our best day that we've ever had on that river, um, fishing those baits. We caught 60-plus fish that day.
0: Oh, wow. wow. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, it was uh, It was about this time last year. Um, I'm, I'm itching to get back on the river. If we get a little warm front, those smallmouth ought to be up shallow. And when they start guarding those beds up shallow in our river system, they will smoke that minus
0: one bait coming over their heads. Nice. What's the best color for river smallmouth?
2: Uh, river smallmouth, my favorite. And I got one here, I think. Nope, Where's that. I thought I had it sitting right here. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, the chartreuse and white, the chartreuse
0: and yeah. white right belly. I believe that that's like the best swim jig color on the river for smallies, So it makes sense. <laughs> I caught one over four and a half last year on our
2: on our local river, which is the Great Miami. Um, so far, the uh-huh. biggest bass I've caught on our crankbait, bait, but a little over four and a half. Um, that's a really big one for around here. We get a lot of um, three pounders as. Pretty close to the top of the line a lot of times,
0: and I like you, you, in tournaments by you, like a three and a half pounder will win big fish a lot of times, right? Like on well, the rivers, yes. Uh, so yeah. eh, you're going to be in the running, right? Like, I mean, it's in this place, is you're definitely the in the running. Of, this is not the land of giants, so don't think this is indicative no, no. of like, these things. Don't no. catch big fish because, like. Um, this is not texas this is not not the tennessee river this is not even like new york or minnesota where like you know five and six pounders are probably more likely to happen than where you live so no the the closest good fishing we have where you
2: get into that's up around sandusky on lake erie that's about a three hour drive
0: north for us so have you fished them on many of the lakes or done Uh, much experimenting with that or yeah, right
2: before I launched it, I actually went up to Lake St. Clair with a buddy of mine lives up in Toledo. And, um, caught some nice ones on it that wasn't, we wasn't even fishing shallow enough water that I thought it was going to do any good, to be honest with you. Uh, sure. I went over four that
0: day. Well, the nice thing about smallies is you don't have to hit bottom. Yeah, you don't have to be dragging bottom
2: them. Yeah.
0: Right, like they, they like things above their head. So um, a lot of times, like even if you think with Seth – was cranking an AOI last year. He wasn't hitting the bottom. A lot of times on the lacks for we fish and other places, you know, you can throw a DT six to a DT 10 and you can be catching them out of 15, 20 feet of water. They'll come up. And hit yeah. it. So so Chad said he had a little bit of issue with the, uh, the order page. So he submitted something for you to contact us. So that would just be a follow up yeah. for you.
1: Uh, yeah. We're actually, we're kind of in the middle of updating our website. So we might have a glitch in there somewhere, but thanks for.
2: Yeah. Thank us, you uh, for the heads be- up. I know I got him. An- Couple of emails there last week or the week before that uh, someone was trying to order some baits I was out of at the time, uh, but I haven't seen anything here recently. Uh, is anyone having an issue? We'll
1: check that out. And we do have a new website coming out here soon. So,
2: yeah, working on getting new photos and whenever we add the web store um, through the website. Cause right now we got it set up where you just got to email us and then uh, we shoot you a PayPal invoice right now. But sure. Web store set up where you can uh, pay right there on the page.
0: That's the uh, sometimes the bait making is the easy part of owning a small business.
2: Yeah. I'm learning <laughs> a
0: lot of other things that uh, really isn't bait
2: making related at all. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've been a photographer and web designer yeah. and
0: yeah. <laughs> As somebody that creates content and also do some things with uh, Bass tech jigs on the side, I, I totally understand your pain of uh, those types of things for sure. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. the I wasn't even thinking
2: about getting into photography and marketing and all that stuff, which is, uh, it falls right in line with it. You know, if you don't have all that stuff set up looking good, then it's kind of hard. So I
0: definitely, like if you guys are unsure, but I definitely think it's worth, jumping on your guys. It's those those witty outdoors on Facebook and on Instagram, right? So definitely check those out because even if you're not sure if this crankbaits for you, you guys, uh, they're good looking baits. Uh, you guys post some cool stuff. Like obviously you, we showed that video earlier. So if you guys came in late, come back and watch the stream. I, I show a video (laughs) where they hit their crankbait with a softball, bat, aluminum softball, bat, and then uh, it still is in perfect condition and still runs. So, uh, make sure you come back and watch the replay to catch that. That was a, That's a cool clip. So I assume you guys will come up with more cool social stuff. So uh, regardless if you end up buying baits, definitely jump on and join the social train because I think there's some cool stuff coming. And I, and I would expect there's going to be some good fish catches being posted as we get this uh, warm weather here.
2: Yeah, I'm going to try to do some more videoing this year. Um, I'm not very good about it. When I get out and start fishing, I kind of leave the cameras alone. I, I take them with me, but I don't set them up a lot of times. So I'm gonna to try to do some more of that, where we can get some good video content on our website. Um, hopefully, get some good fish catches this spring on the minus one, or uh, get some river smallmouth blowing up on it.
1: Nice. There goes action too. We've got um, underwater action on the website also, so you can see how you know it moves and stuff like that. So, so
0: probably the That's easiest good. way just to buy one and try it yourself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like that idea. It's a great idea. <laughs>
0: Uh, so, uh, I was going to say, so if you have, if you have any questions, like I do a fair amount of filming, um, and like, so if you, if you want any ideas or like, cause I've been through a lot of that and I do understand that like, it's, you just want to get out and go fishing. It's hard to remember to, uh, want to like flip the GoPros on or put the chesty on, doing that kind of stuff. So, uh, we definitely could catch up offline. I could definitely give you some tips on like what I found that works, um, Brian wants to know if there's any bundle packages or, like, do you have any, like, where you can get a kit or there's any discount codes or? Uh, Not right now. I'm kind of working on it.
2: Um, That's going to be one of my plans with the new website. Um, We'll probably uh, do a couple of uh, discount codes with some websites. Um, I'm a member on Bassfoot Central. Um, If anyone gets on there, I'm on there quite a bit. It's just uh, Whitaker 201 on there. Um, I'm planning on trying to get with a couple other fishing forums and maybe doing some discount codes and stuff with them when I can but Sure. I'm kind of waiting on the new website before I can make too many more. Changes.
0: It might be kind of cool to put together like a Northeast starter kit, uh, a yeah. uh, Midwest starter kit, West uh, or something or river starter kit or like, uh, that might be kind of fun just to give people like, you know, maybe it's, you know, whatever, like if they buy, you know, five for a hundred versus the 110, it would be yeah. something like that. Or with free shipping or you know that might be kind of cool just to get people um maybe they don't know what would be good for their area that could be kind of you may not sell a ton but it'd be a nice option for people for sure yeah i was
2: talking with a few people with some of the fishing shows that we did um here over the winter and uh that's something
0: that we do want to kind of put together
2: and figure out what kind of bundle we want to do and stuff like that
0: so you, you do a few shows like what shows do you do for people that maybe live close to you which ones like where where, where should they watch for you uh, at shows or what shows do you plan on doing this year and next year or what do you kind of uh this year we've already signed up for the
2: uh cincinnati fishing expo again uh we was there last year last year was its first year um it's the same guy that runs the columbus fishing expo here in ohio and uh we're kind of looking around we're not sure on what other ones we're going to do just yet um i do believe we're going to do the uh tri-state uh fishing <laughs> outdoor expo which is here around northern Cincinnati, so it's here close to home. Uh, last year, we did East Tennessee. Uh, we did the big East Tennessee fishing show. Um, Which is a big one, yeah, right? Like, yeah, it was a really big one. Um, I never went down there. Probably should have beforehand, um, but, yeah, it was a very big, impressive show. So do you think you wouldn't do that one again, or you would? or I don't know if we're going to with the new maybe on the way this year. We um, right. so i got a few things. Just kind of hanging, trying to figure out what we uh, what
0: we want to do. Um. You need an intern to go and help you work the show.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: If if there's anybody out there that would like an unpaid internship to help sell, baits, <laughs> I talked them at witty Outdoors. <laughs> yep, hit us up on Facebook, Instagram. <laughs>
2: But we're looking around right now. We're, um, again, with with a new baby on the way, we're not sure how much travel we want to do this year. Um, we might just stay kind of local here in the Cincinnati, sure. maybe Columbus area. Um, there's one not too far over in Indianapolis. Indianapolis isn't too far away from us. Right. Um, but right now we're not really sure yet. But we have signed up for the Cincinnati uh, Fishing Expo right now. Do you run any
0: specials at the show? Or are they you know, uh, Yeah,
2: we normally do about, um, it's a little bit over 10% off. Um, yeah, sure. Actually.
0: Depends how much cash you have.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we run sales throughout the year too periodically, like holidays. Sure. And like
0: too, so. All right, so definitely watch. I mean, if you're thinking about it, definitely follow on uh, their socials, right? Because that way if you're going to save a buck or two or whatever, they'll – You'll be the first to know. Uh, yeah, we definitely ideas. put those out on
2: our social media stuff whenever we do it.
0: Nice. Kyle Mullett yeah. says the indie show is a pretty good one. So that's what I've heard. That's what I heard. I haven't been over, uh, haven't been over there just yet,
2: um, but I've been hearing some good things about it too. First thing, the Columbus show, uh, Columbus, Ohio. Uh, we went over and visited it, walked around a little bit this year. That is a really big show. Um, but it's only about an hour and a half or so away from us. So it's not too bad. Somebody want to know one of the, one of the dates of the Cincinnati typically. Um, it is in January this year. I'm trying to pull up my calendar here and I can tell you actually, um, I want to think it's about the second week in January. They are set up for, um, Oh, I didn't put it in my phone yet. Uh, Cincinnati show is going to be January eighth
0: through the tenth this year. Okay, right after the new year. Uh, Brian Brian Waterman, do you guys do customer custom colors? Is that something you'd entertain if somebody sent you a picture of a bait? Like, would you do that, or is that like a few
2: requests? It kind of depends upon the color and everything, and if I'm going to have to make stencils and everything for it um because to do the details and everything i do make up my own stencils um so it kind of just depends upon what you're looking for um but we can
0: how many baits are you gonna buy how complicated it is right yeah if it's like if it looks like a tackle craft hd gill probably not
2: no Um,
1: i'm uh, I'm not that good yet with an airbrush if
0: if you just wanted a different color back on the spring you know or something like that (laughs) chartreuse purple back instead of chartreuse blue back probably right so exactly um,
2: exactly like i said just send me the color and we can kind of talk about it and figure it out um that the color i showed you there a little bit ago this kind of green pumpkin and With the chartreuse tail, that's a a little custom color that my buddy wanted. Uh, He only lives about 10 minutes away from me, so it was easy to kind of work out the details with him.
0: Sure. So, like, yeah, maybe it's like the old school colors, right? Like, the old school Bagley Balsa colors, like, you'll probably take a good crack at it. But, yeah, if you're looking for something super intricate, right, like, Uh, okay. Um, Tom said, I may have missed it earlier, but do you have any, how many baits he has turned out for sale already? So how like what total? You know how many baits do you keep track of? Like how many total baits you've sold? Yeah, we have. I think we're
2: close to about about four hundred now. I think in two years, so not too bad for kind of getting started. And you know, the rough part is is trying to get your name out there and getting people to try them for the first time because uh, a lot of our customers, after they've bought one, they've came back and bought you know four or five of. With customers he's i think he's bought
1: about nine or ten by now after. nice he's after getting color. And it's like <laughs> once you get them in their hands they they love them and they want to buy more so it's kind of like you know getting our name out which we appreciate you having us on and because once people get them they love them so
0: yeah and i think so, been, $25, $25, they're so darn durable that like you're you know like and the, you don't lose a lot of square bills right so like I don't. (laughs) I mean, like, because you're going to, if you hung it, I mean, these they don't get, they don't hang very easily because they're pretty darn buoyant and they deflect well. They come through cover. If you do somehow hang it, snag it in a rope, get it wedged, right, it's probably going to be in three feet of water or less, maybe four feet. So it means you can probably reach it with your rod tip. And if you really, like, it's probably deep enough you can just strip down to your shorts and jump in and grab it. Right? <laughs> if like, I mean, if you really, I mean, if 20 bucks is a big deal to you, like you can probably get it back. So this isn't like a custom painted, you know, 20 foot crankbait, where if you hung it on a ledge, unless you have a good plug knocker, you're probably stuck. So that's the great thing. Like I have less of a problem investing in a quality square bill because A, they're super durable. You know, it's not going to crack. It's not wood. It can't like, you know, the, the bill's not going to snap off. Um, if I do hang it, I probably will get it back ninety-five percent of the time. It's not like, you know. So maybe yeah, pike or muskie is going to get you, but that's gonna happen. <laughs> but like even like a even like a deep running jerk bait like a mega bass or something like that. You hang that deep in a rope, you might not get it back. But these are you know you're probably not going to lose many of these. So really, if you think about their durability versus what you get, it's actually a pretty solid value.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I always carry a lure retriever with me. I use one of the pole ones. Um, right. Because you're only fishing two feet of water, so it's easy to use the pole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Again, like recently, uh, two weeks ago, I got hung up on an old shirt that was snuck uh, stuck on the bottom in our local river. Right. You okay. can't knock that one off with your rod because I tried. I couldn't pull it up because it was wedged in the rocks. I took that pole down there and kind of screwed it and got it hung into the shirt and just pulled the whole thing up, got my crankbait back. Right. So <laughs> nice. And then also on the durability there, as, uh, I was, I t- I was, uh, testing out my prototypes for the flat-sided bait. I had two of these at the time and I was making roll casts up underneath some brush and everything. And I made the roll cast and cracked it on the head of the trolling motor. And I just got sick at the moment. All that happened is, as you can see that dent right there on the belly. Uh-huh. Right there on the belly, I put a dent in it instead of breaking the lure in half. Still use a lure to this day. Caught a few more fish on it that day after I uh nice. put
0: in it. But is the trolling motor okay though? That's probably the question. Is the trolling, <laughs> the the trolling motor? <laughs> I'm concerned that like I'm just gonna take them out the the, uh, the paint off my cowling or I'll crack my windshield before the crankbait makes. So. <laughs> have you had anybody break one yet? Any of the few hundred baits you've sold? Um, not I know one guy
2: that did break the bill out of one and he told me he was abusing it to see how much it could actually take. (laughs) He said he was trying to push it to the limits and he got tired of, uh, he was fishing a lot of shallow weeds with the, uh, with the witty fat, you know, square bill one. And he was absolutely drilling it against the water all day. He said for a few days in a row and finally the bill came out.
0: I think, and a lot of people do it wrong. Like, if you want if to clear you, weed, smack it you don't, you don't the want to smack it straight down. Yeah. You want to just, like, whip it so that the weeds catch and the trebles catch in the water, and then it, like, rips free. It's yeah. not slap it straight down. Like, that's where a lot of people make their mistake. Because I hear people say that they break DT6s all the time, and you can break a DT6 bill. But if you correctly try to slap the weeds off, like, like yeah. trying to hit it and graze the water – it's pretty unlikely. And like, uh, although the old bombers, I used to crank with those a little bit. Those would break pretty easy, but yeah, like, so, um, I'll tell you this,
2: we broke two during the shows this year, but what we was doing was we took a wooden dowel rod and tied about an 18 inch section of braided line on it. And we was hitting the square bill against our table in mm-hmm. the booth.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, <laughs> and, would it, and would it be just that the bill would break or was that, or the body uh, The first one, the bill caught wrong, and it snapped the the nose of the bait. Um, it was still in good shape. It was just cracked. And then the other one I actually did, I blew it up. Nice. <laughs> I, I was abusing it by literally hitting it against a table, though, nice. for days in a
0: row. So, <laughs> so if, you, if you bang it off enough bridges over time, you might break one. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I don't know. I've hit a lot of bridges.
0: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> when you hit the bridge, it's more of a glancing blow and not straight into it. Right. So if you, but the, if you hit it square enough, you're probably going to be more worried about that backlash you have than what the exactly. the cranking. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be re spooling before you worry about the bait. Well, we got about 10 minutes left. Is anybody else in the chat? We got like 20 viewers. Any other questions that we didn't cover that you really want to know? Let's, let's get those out there. We maybe should have asked for more questions. Um while we're looking is there any anything else uh I guess outside of Facebook and Instagram and WoodyOutdoors.com is like that all the best places Uh that's all we got right now
2: um haven't gotten into any of the other uh, social media outlets just yet so but yeah Facebook Instagram and uh, wittyoutdoors.com Sarah's not running a
0: TikTok yet No not yet, <laughs> not, yet.
1: not yet I got to get on that
0: so I've mainly thrown the, the spring cross so far on the river. And so this weekend I'm going to be fishing a lake. So I'm, I'm going to probably water test this bluegill for the first time. So, and it should be, I don't know. I haven't been out, um, but I would expect that they're going to be right on the verge of spawn around here. So and we'll, should be some grass coming up. So it should be interesting to see how it works. Uh, Sycamore is asking again, any other designs? Uh, coming up? You kind of touched on that back, but why don't you just kind of re-touch on that? Before. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try to get
2: a uh, another body that's going to be very similar to the Witty and uh, get a deeper running version of it. Uh, that's kind of probably the first thing I'm going to do. And then after that, I would like to go to kind of that 2.5 size, uh, maybe slightly under the standard 2.5 size crankbaits out there. Uh, just a little bit bigger score bill there. Like a 2.0, 2.2, 2.
0: Yeah, maybe maybe like two and a quarter. Yeah, I don't know yet. Uh, like a 2, 2.22, maybe like a 2.222, 2, 2, 2, 2, 2, like something catchy. Yeah.
2: <laughs> we might go with a 223. I mean, you know. we kind there of uh,
0: a Like a bit caliber. Bit yeah. yeah. It will it'll be a good rodent bait, a good rodent bait. Yeah, rodent. that's right. <laughs> yeah, I guess you always – like, I don't know, we kind of touched on it, but there is a signature – on the bottom of them all, right? So I don't know if we touched on that. Yeah, on the square bill, I signed the belly,
2: and then the minus ones, I've been signing the back. Uh, okay. way it's a little bit easier to quickly distinguish which one it is. Um, right. So unless you're really in tune with your bill angle, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The bill angle's a little bit uh, steeper for sure, and the bill's a little bit smaller. Um, but I gave a couple to my uh, to my uncle, and he was like, man, I couldn't tell which one was which. So. As I uh, started making the minus one a little bit more, I just started signing the back of them. Uh, that way you can see it, you know, right there, too. So if the signature's on the back, it's the minus one. And then if it's on the belly, it's the standard witty. And then also yeah. the is on the belly a bit. A
0: little easier. Uh, Kyle said, how long did it take to design? I think you said the first one was about a year before you really got it where you wanted it, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah,
0: Leo just joined the late. He said maybe you could just run through the three actions again or the three baits you have.
2: Yeah, the uh the witty and the witty minus one both have a very wide wobbling action tool. Uh, I've had one of my buddies tell me it's almost got kind of the, the vibration of almost a bigger bait. And that's this bait. Yeah. And then the flat six is definitely a tighter
0: wiggle on it.
2: Right. So, uh, so there's
0: just to give you, uh, it's a little bit shorter than a 1.5 kVD, um, but his is a little bit wider in the head. A little bit different shape bill, right? So he's got a little bit wider angle, so it should roll over cover and deflect slightly better. So. And then the flat, you were saying, is a little
2: bit deeper running, frankly. Yeah, the flat goes about five to seven. Uh, so you know, it's got a longer bill there on it. Still kept kind of a square bill shape to it too. Uh, fish a lot of gravel and stuff, so that really works around our area. So that was kind of the reason why I went with that. Uh, but yeah, that one's the same size and profile
0: as the regular one. It's just it should should run a pretty similar, different a depth to like a flat seventy-five six cents. I would think, right? Your flat a little yeah, bit deeper, right there. Kind of that five to seven. Yeah, it's a little bit. I think it's like five, yeah, five-ish. It's a little bit deeper than, but I've been impressed with this one so far. If you're looking for a bait to, for inspiration, <laughs> you know, look at that, that six cents flat 75 crush is a pretty good bait. Uh, if you're starting to look Actually, at it, you know.
2: That does remind me, um, maybe the next thing I come out with will be uh, that flat-sided bait with a different bill angle and a different uh-huh. bill a little bit shallower. I've had a few buddies that's kind of looking for something that might go about three to four foot deep instead of mm-hmm. around five to seven and maybe a little bit wider bill on it to help. I might do a yeah. with that to kind
0: of help with weeds and stuff. But White whales ask it. So yeah, it's got a tungsten ball in it. I don't know if you can hear that pretty well, but it's kind of a thud. It's a one knocker, but it's, it's a muted one knocker. It's not a real high click. Uh, so there's a single tungsten ball in there that helps with the weight transfer and also gives it, uh, that subtle sound. Um, so they've cast pretty well. So they definitely cast better than most of the balsas I've thrown. I wouldn't say they're like, so I think uh, pretty fair. Uh, it is. What you,
2: you covered the weights earlier. What, what do they weigh? Yeah, it's three eighths of an ounce. So essentially it's the same weight as a Bandit 200. Okay. But a bandit two hundred on a scale it weighs three eighths of an ounce and our bait weighs three eighths of an ounce also. So if you can cast a bandit two hundred, then you can cast a square bill without any issues. And the flat side weighs the same. Flat side weighs right at three of an ounce also. So it doesn't cast quite as good as your KBD one point five because they do way more. Uh, but it does cast. Better than the
0: similar size balsa bait. Right. So, like, there's the bandit, right? Like that's what you're talking about. Yeah. So, <clears throat> for size compared to, if you guys are bandit fans, like, that's it's actually pretty similar length for that yeah, bandit. It's just a hair longer. Hair longer than the bandit, hair shorter than the KBD, uh, yeah. wider than both of them, and so a whole lot fatter. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would assume, like you, before yeah, you started making gold, you probably threw a ton of bandits on the Ohio River. No, not the, no, not the
2: Ohio. I just fish so shallow. Um, okay. I threw a lot of spinner baits. Um, like I said, I kind of make up my own spinner baits and stuff too. Um, you know, I throw a lot of spinner baits down there before I could find the the square bills that I really liked. There was a few handmaids around here that I would throw. Uh, but there wasn't too many of them that kind of did what I was looking for there. I threw the bandit 200 a lot on our local river where we do a lot of smallmouth fishing out of our jet drive boat. Uh, threw that bait a ton there.
0: Sure. So somebody did ask about a hell of ass discount code. So <laughs> I think you said there is no like there is no discount code feature for your website, right? So um, no, I don't have
2: one set up yet.
0: That's so, why not? Like, what you could probably do is if you want to order a couple of dates and you watch it on the stream, maybe just mention when you send in your mention uh, that you found on the stream, and then maybe you can help them out or do something. Or I'll tell you what,
2: let's do uh, something like that. <clears throat> I'll do for two weeks here coming up. You put Bass 10. Whenever you uh, put in your order, we'll do 10% off. There you go. We'll do it for
0: the next two weeks. I'll make sure I put that in a comment. I'll pin it. I'll put it in the description. Uh, When this goes live, there'll be descriptions. There'll be links to their Instagram, their Facebook, their website. All that stuff will be in there if you want to get that in the replay. Um, That's awesome. You didn't have to do that. We didn't discuss that. That's super cool. Uh, (laughs) I'm just starting to fish a little bit, and I feel like you guys have a cool story, Uh, you know, and I think it's it's great to get you guys a little bit of a, you know your U.S. business, your your startup, you got a cool product, people should know about it. So hopefully, uh, you know, we've had a few dozen people come through the stream tonight. Hopefully, you know, a few hundred will see the the stream, or a few thousand over time, uh, and that will lead to a little more exposure for you guys. But uh, I'm going to stick to my promise that my wife that I was going to be done by about nine o'clock. Uh, <laughs> if you guys are if you guys are watching uh, streams tonight. Baitman, the Baitman TV should be starting any minute right now. So, if you're like in the mood to watch and you want more gear talk, more crankbaits, more tackle, jump over to the Baitman stream. That's going to be coming up. Uh, super cool. I always love watching his stream. Um, and I, I look forward to it someday. We're going to see Epic Eric putting nail polish on your baits on one of the streams. And that'll be good to see what he does with his custom color combinations. So,
2: yeah, it's sure cool um, for you to uh, have there a week or two ago.
0: Yeah. So, thanks for coming on. This is awesome. I'm going to be doing these streams every Wednesday night 739. We're going to change up guests. Um, next week <clears throat> is going to be uh, Tin Horse Monty, who is another YouTuber out of the Illinois kind of Ozark area. So he probably fishes a lot. He could probably use some witties. Like, he fishes a lot of water, where well, they'd probably be good. So uh, thank you for everybody. Make sure you hit that like button. If you're new here and you just jumped on this stream, uh, subscribe. Lots more videos. I hopefully will catch a few fish on this crankbait this week because uh, we're going to no go fish. Yeah, so, and our fish are dumb, so they should eat it, so. <laughs> hey, we can catch fish
2: on the Ohio River with them, so. I mean. Yeah,
0: that's the thing. Like, these were born in literally the toughest place to catch fish in the country. <laughs> so if they can catch fish on them, they should work anywhere.
1: That's
0: right. I <laughs> appreciate right, guys. Yeah. yeah,
1: thanks. Right, well. We're
0: going to end it, and uh, we'll see some of you guys on the Baitman stream in a little bit. Thank you, everybody. See y'all.